Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're joined by Son Chateau man Austin Moore after the release of his second full length, Ephemeral Heights. Rusting in a restless seat This heavy curtain room's no place for me The king's feet and his broken speech Those were dark days in this field Coffee press for basket dreams Hungry then still it seems Oh, our backs press up red brick thin Wine red checkered skin Child, 
Mika with Arbor performing in November as part of Quiet Lights Festival and The Altered Hours with Open Wide playing live at St. Luke's this Friday, September 27th. Tickets still on sale at uticket.ie. Get in quick because they're going to disappear on the night. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and redextra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien, and this week we're joined on the phone by musician, songwriter, and sound chateau man, Austin Moore. Austin, how's it going? Hey, Mike. Uh, very well. Uh, delighted to be on with you. Thanks a million for coming along. You're just off the back of Sounds from a Safe Harbour, where your gig on the Friday night, I believe, at the Crane Lane was also the, the launch of your second album, Ephemeral Height. Maybe chat to us a little bit about how the gig went and just kind of the reaction and the response that um, the new material has gotten. Uh, I thought the gig went very well. I, I, I'm actually based in Brussels and I came back a week and a half before the gig and I needed to get a band together and luckily everything went well. And uh, we we just performed we performed for the first time the night before the gig, and um, on, we had the gig at five thirty on that crane lane. There was a good crowd. The reception was good, um, and I was very happy with it. Um, as for the reception that the new material has been getting, I'm I'm very happy with it so far. It's been we'll get on to talking a little bit more about your new album and sounds from a safe harbor a little bit later on. But it's interesting that you bring up that you're based in Brussels because for a lot of people uh, heading to sounds from a safe harbor this year, it would have been the first time that they'd have seen you live. It was certainly may have been the first that some people, especially kind of younger gig goers, may have heard of Sound Chateau. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your experience uh, regarding music in Cork City because you're a Cork man by birth. Uh, and you released two records here while also being on your travels. Maybe talk to us a little bit about kind of your earliest musical experiences in Cork City and, you know, how the community here or the scene here would have kind of shaped those. Well, I first started playing in Cork when I was about 17. Um, we, I played with the band back in the day called Antics of Physician. Um, That's a familiar name. Venues, such as the old Krusky and on up there. Um, then later on, I studied music at UCC from around 2007 to 2011. That's where I started to build up a network as such. Um, and in 2011, I, I left Cork, and I haven't really been based in Cork since 2011. I've lived in several countries, and uh, it's it's upon moving around these various places that I write. And then I come back every now and then to record. And uh, we, I, I recorded an EP with two friends in 2012, which is just four tracks, and uh, back then we were a three-piece, and that got a really uh, warm reception for what it was. And then a few years later, I, I came back for about six months to Cork and did an entire album on my own. But before I had left Australia, um, which is where I wrote most of the songs, I had a friend there, um, Patrick Pheasant, with whom I wrote the song. He wrote he, he wrote cello parts with me. Yeah. 
for the song. So before I left, I recorded all his parts, only his parts. And then when I came back, I did all the rest around those parts. So I spent about six months uh, um, producing that myself, which I'd never done before. Which was a whole crazy venture because you never, when you've never done a project of that scale, you never know when it's quite done and you never know what to do with it. And it's like, okay, I'm going to tie the knot now and just say it's done. And then it was done. And then I got it mastered and then that was done. But I never did much with that. I just said, okay, here's the album. We'll talk a little bit about the new album in just a little bit, but just kind of roll it back to, I suppose, the creation of the project San Chateau, kind of informed, I suppose, by your state of travelling around the world and, as you mentioned, your creative process kind of hitting you in different ways around the place. Maybe talk to us a little bit about what inspired you to go in the direction of chamber pop, having had... It was never... I came up with the name before I ever left. It was just like, oh, that sounds cool. Um, but in retrospect, it's, it's kind of easy to mythologize it and say, oh yeah, that's, that obviously has a connection to, to the way that the music comes about and the fact that I'm moving around. But, uh, but it's just a nice little thing like that, um, which I just like the name of, I just like the sound of the, of the name at the time. And about the chamber pop, uh, aesthetic, um, I'll say two major influences, one who will be widely known and the other one will be probably be much less known. The first one and is Sufjan Stevens, who is obviously a massive influence. Anyone who hears the music will be like, oh yeah, it's a Sufjan guy. Um, I just love the whole story of his early albums and how he did it and how he, um, how he just composed and performed a lot of it himself and brought in some people and had a very DIY attitude. When I was trying to record for the first time my own stuff, uh, I really looked, uh, I took a deep dive and tried to find out what he actually did. And there are some resources. Um, out there I mean like how did a guy who, who never did this before learn to do it and obviously he's, he's not the only one I mean there are, there are endless musicians out there even back in you know 2000 early 2000s who were who were coming to grips with how to to deal with this new technology that would allow you to, to do these home recordings um, but Sufjan was the one I, I knew very well but there's another influence um, I'm not sure if anyone listening will know them but they're called Pepper Rabbit this is a band that uh, in the late 2000s had an album called Beauregard. Um, and this was this extreme uh, DIY chamber pop sound where it was like a two-piece band and the front, the front man like played every instrument badly, but he, um, he made an attempt, you know. So he, he played like, uh, he, he brought clarinet and trumpet onto the recordings that they were like, they were really sloppy and badly done. But they they played the like they played the role perfectly, and so they had this lovely little pocket uh, orchestra sound that really influenced me. And I was like, well, if he can do it, uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Even though it ended up going in the way that I didn't actually have to play that many instruments badly because I, I play guitar and piano well uh, well enough, um, and I just tried I tried to do a little bit of like clarinets uh, in the last album and a few other little bits and bobs. Um, but I just really like that um, that kind of approach where it's just like, it's all acoustic based, but you try and just throw everything in there that you can possibly throw in. Being in and around that time, you mentioned getting to grips with new technology and getting to grips with, I suppose, the readier availability of equipment to self-record and do everything on a DIY basis uh, formed an important part of your uh, creative naissance regarding San Chateau. Um, was it difficult once you kind of got your influences in and looked at what they were doing uh, to kind of put together that same kind of workflow? Creativity aside, the recording and post-production aspect of it as well. Um, kind of what were your takeaways from those first two records regarding putting something together? The first experiences I had were completely DIY and I never released any of that stuff back when I was like in university. But then when I did the EP, I was with a, a friend who had a lot more knowledge than I did. And he had like a little makeshift studio and I was, I was watching a lot of what he was doing and taking it on board. Then the problem with, uh, with the fact of always moving around and other thing is that other people also move around. So I was like, OK, I want to do this album. I have loads of songs. I want to do it. But my old friend uh, Jim is gone. He's no longer there and his studio is no longer there and I, I can't use that. So I really have to to just do this myself uh, and there's nothing to it except uh, start doing it um, and there's endless resources that can help in your in your learning process um, but I really had minimal equipment like uh, to do that last album called Aspendale which was released in 2016 
um, and I recorded it in 2015 over six months, as I mentioned. But I only had um, two or three mics and a little preamp and and Logic and, and a MacBook uh, Pro, which I mean, some might say that's a lot, but it's it's. I mean, in a way, it's helpful. The the fewer parts you have, because you're just like, okay, I'm going to work with these four uh, pieces of technology, and then. And, and make it as simple as possible in that way. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the creation of Sound Chateau's second album, Ephemeral Heights. But right now, we're going to go back to some more tunes. Austin, you helped us pick a playlist, and earlier on, we heard from Anamika and the Altered Hours. But coming up next, you have Fixity with Forrest. Yeah, I love the track. love all the material that Dan's doing there. Um, it's uh, mysterious to me. That's why I like it. I don't exactly know how it's put together, but... Um, uh, and I, I just really like that about it, and it's uh, it's cavernous and mysterious and, and class. Those are three words that can be aptly applied to fixity. You also have Caught Kerrigan with Poltergeist. Uh, yeah, Coit is a sister of a friend. Uh, she's also from Middleton. I'm from Middleton. Um, she's, I think she's like 18, um, and she's been releasing a few tunes, and I really like this one. If she keeps going, she keeps churning out uh, stuff like this, I think she's got a very cool future ahead musically class we'll get a listen to Caught Kerrigan momentarily but first this is Fixity with Forrest here on Red on Red
Caught Kerrigan with Poltergeist here on Red on Red, still joined on the phone from Brussels by Austin Moore of San Chateau. And before the jump, Austin, we were talking a little bit about the roots of the San Chateau project, or lack thereof. Um, but with album number two, Ephemeral Heights, uh, having launched at Sounds from a Safe Harbour, uh, there very definitely does seem to have been kind of connections fostered, previous connections fostered uh, from your experiences with the Cork scene. But before we get talking about collaborations, maybe bring us a little bit into the creative and songwriting process behind Ephemeral Heights and just kind of what went into, I suppose, compiling, collating and assembling ideas, knocking them out into songs, etc. Kind of, what's your process for that? It's... It's uh, after I did the last album. There was about a year and a half where I couldn't couldn't pick up an instrument. It was a bad period creatively. Then I went to Cambodia. I was in Cambodia there, and I had nothing but a guitar uh, as a connection to to music. I mean, that is to say that if I'm in Cork or somewhere in Europe, there are many ways to experience or produce or create music but when you're when you're really separate from the world you know like in a place like Cambodia I just had my guitar and stuff happened started to happen again and uh, I picked up very old songs and I started coming up with new ones and I wrote or completed most of the songs while there um, I was like working at a, an NGO uh, like an edu- educational NGO and that was good and the inspiration was there for the tunes so I had all of them done and then I recorded demos just like on the computer really basic demos Um, and I was like I want to do this but I don't think I want to do it on my own this time maybe I'll try to work with somebody and it all worked out uh, nicely because I had just met um, Kevin J. Power the man himself inner chapter uh, music having come back from Cambodia and I was like, yeah, this guy seems uh, like we, we, I, I think I could get, get on with this guy. So we did a couple of tunes together. Um, and then I was like, yeah, he could do the album. But also at this point, uh, another another aspect of the of the of the creative process is that, I mean, the, the tunes were done, but most of the lyrics weren't, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I do it really. It's all the songs are done. Now I have to write everything. And most of the lyrics are written at the same time which means that I like to have these kind of recurring lyrical themes that come up throughout all the songs um, which you don't maybe don't get if you have written one song two years ago and another one uh, yesterday or or whatever so I like to try to do the lyrics in, in kind of bulk at the end so I was trying to finalize all that while trying to pin down a good period of time where Kevin uh, would be free and, and where I would be free. We'll talk a little bit more about Kevin and the other side of the process with Kevin, in which he's a specialist, a little bit later on. But but also the creative process with Ephemeral Heights involved appearances from a great number of other Cork musicians, including Annie Blake on bass, violinist Bree Dwyer, and the man himself, Dan Walsh, on drums. Maybe talk to us a little bit about... You know your relationship to each of these musicians and how the process of bringing them together worked out in real time you know jamming on things any input or how that all came together i was like okay i'm gonna do this album i have a rough time period it's going to be in august of 2018 i mean and uh, i'd like to work with people um i knew annie and had talked to annie the most recently so i said hey annie you want to play bass on the album and she was like, yeah, definitely. And I said, hey, Annie, do you know any violinists? Because I don't. And she was like, here are a couple of names. It's like one name, and that one name was like, sorry, unavailable. And then the second name was Breed, and Breed was like, yeah. So then I met Breed, and she was like, I'm really into it. Um, and then she was in, on board. And then going back a month before that, I was like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to test. I'm going to test the water, see if, see if even Dan might be available to do this. And he was, and that was great. We can come all three of them. And the process with them was a little bit different. Uh, I, I met them each individually before recording, and just with the guitar. Um, and because I knew each tune so, so well, I I also had an idea of what I wanted each of them to be doing, but not like not in a very concrete way, but 
I just went through it with them. I had the, I had everything written out. I mean, not their parts, but I had the the harm like the, let's say chord charts, etc. Written. Mm. So we sat down. We, I sat down with Annie in the bass, and we came up with the bass lines. It was a collaborative process. Um, same with Breeze. I was like, can you do something like this? And can you do something like this? The way I like to do it is I just kind of sing an idea that I, I would like the violin to do, uh, rather than writing out parts or being very, very strict about it. And then those worked very well. Um, and with Dan, it was a little bit different uh, because um, we met once at his place, at his apartment, and uh, he we just sat down and went through each of the songs like once. Um, and he was and he was like coming out with some lovely stuff and I had no doubt of his abilities and the magic that he was about to bring. At the same time, I was a little bit nervous because I was like, I have no idea how this is going to work because we're just going to go down there with the drum kit for one day. Uh, we have in, in no way thoroughly, we have, we have not uh, gone through these tunes in a thorough fashion whatsoever. Um, and so I was a bit apprehensive about like just just time wise and and how it was going to go, uh, but as it turned out, it was incredible. Like uh, I'll get I'll get back to Dan in a minute. But the first two, they, they each came down for a day, but none of them were together at any point, which is a bit of a shame. But mm. that's how it goes. And I just want to I also want to add that I had everything recorded. All my parts were completely done before I brought down the others. So then I first brought down uh, um, Breed. To do the violin parts she was down there for the day it went super well then annie the next day very well again and then dan came down and it was about five hours it wasn't even a whole day i mean he did like two or three full takes of each of the track each of the tracks that that he was on which was not all of them it was about six or seven and it was absolutely fantastic couldn't get over it and um it just went so smoothly and uh, it's really a testament to the network in Cork, fantastic network of musicians that I can disappear for years and then reappear and just be like, just put a few a few questions and people are just like so up for it. You know, it's it's amazing. Because people are always fantastic. looking to get involved. It's such a creatively intrepid scene. Again, one not only need to look at the creative content of Music in Cork, but also just the way people have their shit together about it. You talk about Dan going in there and kind of working his brand of magic uh, inside of Inner Chapter Studio inside of five hours. Like, that to me is kind of the distillation of what works best about Cork music, is just somebody taking an idea and running with it. But, but as mentioned, you recorded with Kevin J. Power at his Inner Chapter Studio. You went down to his studio in Ahada, um and put things together there. Maybe talk to us a little bit about Kevin's effect on the recording and post-production processes. So I hadn't known Kevin very long um, at that point, but uh, I just really got the feeling that it would go very well. Um, as I said, we did two I did two little tracks with him before and it wasn't really so I was like, let's do the whole album. Um, I, before we were doing the album, it was very well set out because I had nine demos out of 10 tracks that I could send him and be like, here are the songs. Um, and I also, I sent him some references of, of the way I wanted the album to kind of sound. And, and I was like, I want it to be warm, warm, warm. Very, think about being around a campfire or something or any any kind of fire at all. I just want it to be, to be warm. And he took everything I said completely on board. And... The, the, the recording process was 10 days. It was five, all my parts, sorry, all guitar and, and vocals, and then there was one day for piano, one day for violin, one day for bass, one, bass, one day for drums, and then a final day to clean everything up. And throughout that whole thing, he was an absolute gent. Uh, so good to work with, so nice. Uh, never even came close to losing his patience or anything. I mean, not that the environment was such that you would lose your would hope because uh, it was quite relaxed we were going along at schedule but um, he was very enthusiastic the whole way through um, and created a great environment and during the post-production I just left him off 
and he came back to me you know there was no rush in a few weeks he sent me some stuff and I I was like that's great can you fix or modify this this and this and I sent him a list and it was just like yeah and then it was completely to the letter and it was just it was great as to what he actually brought to the sound you would have to ask him because uh, I love how it sounds but um, he wanted it to sound um, but I can't go into the, to the details because I don't know them. We're going to go back to some more tunes now. <laughs> Performing as part of Sounds from a Safe Harbour, the same night as yourself actually, was Bantam and you've picked Feel Your Rhythm from his Move album. Yeah, so the hip-hop, the Irish hip-hop scene, I wouldn't be so familiar with it and it wouldn't necessarily be my my thing, uh, but that's to my own detriment because I know there's, there's so much quality there. I mean, not just in Irish hip-hop, but in general. Um... And for example, this track is really fantastic. Um, it makes me wish I knew more about what was going on in this in this world. Because um, this is class. You also have Limerick-born Cork-based songstress Elaine Malone with No Blood. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I really like this song. No Blood is um, like I've, I've heard it several times now. But the first time I heard it, I wasn't even paying close attention lyrically. But it's like it just it's like leaps out at you. Um, lovely marriage of, of music and, 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 and lyrics for this one dark stuff we'll hear from Elaine Malone momentarily but first this is Bantam with Feel Your Rhythm here on Red on Red The Monday blues in my dancing shoes Same heads, different venues Same beef, different menu I got the power to inspire and offend you Pray to God that the music will affect you And that the stories will reflect you And although we've never met, I respect you And it seems closer to you, the more distance Not saying it don't hurt, but putting in that work Growing pains, even the ledge got window pain I got tired of that one direction like Zane So watch out for bitterness and all his friends Right next to envy like Charlemagne Do you understand the words coming out my mouth Like rush hour, we could rush our entrance I know you're only here for the floor and the one day you realize that the power's in every sentence That even in a drop you flood my mentions I don't want to slide in DMs unless they're dark mountains Like a pillars in place that safety When I say queens to the place I ain't talking about Nas or Norway I'm talking about my mom and my lady I told myself in a quick for wholesale Don't lose yourself cause it's not 8 mile I wanted to compress myself but I'm no zip file All the while I just want to make you smile I know you're not next to me, but at least now I know that you're closer to me. You related to me, and that's place to me. If you wanna take the edge off, dance with me. Let me feel your rhythm. You can find me with one fist stop in the air In the black power stains every time I try to dance with somebody or myself So awkward, though I couldn't clock it Stepping backwards till I penetrate the exit Come back for a glass of water in my hands Pretending I'm drinking something that's foul I'm the best drunk dancer you never found Cause my feet so smooth when I'm lean but I'm not nah, This is my prop, this is my mask This is my excuse to get lit to the max This is my fuel to get lit like a match That's when CIA couldn't find my match In my eyes, CIA every record on track Trying to track my records, you with High scores that I carry like Mariah Like all I want for Christmas <laughs> Someone who can dance like this Somebody just play my beats Someone who won't get my feet We make tango while we do the tango No matter the angle No innuendo Watch where your hands go On my heart Can you feel the tempo? The whole party yelling Ooh, 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 stop I'm trying to get my engine on, my Prince on, my James Brown, my Swayze on and on the floor, my groovy on, this favorite song, but mine on my, my boy was when we broken ground, we got the front to echelons, you only saw in movies until we came along, I digress, this was all supposed to be about you and I, spin around, let's uncover the truth now. Yeah. 
blood here on red on red still joined over the phone by sound chateau man austin moore joining us on the blower from brussels before the jump we were talking a little bit about how album number two came together ephemeral heights available now on all digital platforms we were talking about the studio process we were talking about the collaborative process we were talking about how each musician that you had worked with came in individually and made their contributions to the overall sound of the record. Uh, maybe talk to us about how rehearsals and such made themselves work and how they came together and working within the time frame of kind of beating these tunes into live shape. Okay, um, well, it's quite a parallel to the, the process of creating the album, uh, but this time I was under a fierce time pressure. Uh, I arrived with 10 days to the gig and I was like, oh, I got no one. Except uh, my good friend uh, uh, Declan, uh, on, who had agreed to play bass, but I was like, well, if, I don't know if it's going to work with guitar and bass. I, hopefully we'll have a full band. Dan was available to do the gig. I said, Dan, can you refer me to some other magicians around the place? And he was like, yeah. And he gave me a few names. I got a lovely guy called Mark Waldron Hyden on drums, who was so enthusiastic and it was great. And he was fantastic. And on violin, I had a friend who agreed to do it called uh, Alva Cunningham, uh, eventually. But this was only you know, over the course of the those few days I had. Yeah, and the process for bringing it together was very similar to recording it. I mean, because I just, I met each of them separately. We went over the parts. You used the phrase beating it into shape, but it really wasn't beating it into shape because everything is just very nicely there. All you have to do is take the material that's been recorded and and just play it on stage because there's no you know everything is very quite raw on the recording you arrive on the weekend of sound from a safe harbor maybe talk to us a little bit about how 
it came together, you know, getting booked for Sounds from a Safe Harbour, which is such a kind of prestige festival almost in terms of how the Cork music community comes together. Talk to us about that, the vibe on the weekend. Just just bring us into the whole experience of touching down and getting right into the heart of the action. Yeah, so um, about four years ago, uh, when I was making the previous album, I was working at the the Opera House Cafe, the old cafe there called House Cafe, which I believe no longer exists. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw, I, I would be seeing Mary, Mary Hickson coming in, who organizes the festival, uh, um, getting her coffee, etc. And so one day I just said to her, hey Mary, I got this track. I'm working on some tunes. Would you listen to this track? Um, and I, I sent it to her and she was like, I love the track. And we were talking about it, but it was a bit late. To get me playing at that Sounds from a Safe Harbor, it was the first one in 2015. Mm. Uh, although I did, I did play there, but I wasn't uh, like officially on the bill. Yeah. And so when it was coming up to this one, I was like, I really want to launch this album. I recorded it a year ago. I want to find the right uh, environment and place to do it. So I just tried to email Mary again and say, Hey, Mary, what's up? I got this new album. Any chance of a slot at Sounds from Safe Harbor and she said yeah and that's how it happened and then she offered me the Crane Lane on the Friday night and I was like that's great um, and then as super excited to play it and also nervous because I haven't gigged that much uh, as Sanchez Ho and but I really wanted to justify the material and, and do it well and then when it was done, it was great, and I got to go off and experience many other things that were going on. It's a massive thing just for Mary Hickson and crew to organise, just a week of music and culture and visual art and everything happening around the city, generating a buzz and what have you. By the time the music trails start and the likes of yourself, Bantam, etc. start playing, uh, it's already three or four days deep into the festival, the vibe is very much there, and things are heading right into the weekend. What was the atmosphere like in the Crane Lane? Uh, well, we were opening up, we were on before Boa Morty, who were also launching an album, and uh, I, I, I think the, the atmosphere was not really indicative of, of, a, of a festival. I mean, it was quiet, it was really intimate, and quiet, and there was a nice crowd there, uh, but it was just kind of getting off the ground as well. But uh, yeah, it was really nice. And I suppose with the kind of wind of Sounds from a Safe Harbour Festival kind of under your sails now at this stage, for a project like San Chateau, which is very much kind of a centrally directed thing, working with other musicians to realise it as a live thing, um, what's next for San Chateau regarding playing live gigs? Is it a matter of it being a special attraction every so often? Is it a matter of it turning up wherever you turn up? Talk to us about how San Chateau and the whole project kind of proceeds from here. So I'd love to play more. Um, I have one thing coming up on the 12th of December in Dobar in Dublin with uh, Future Proof which is organised by Homebeat and, and, and Nyler 9. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm hoping I can get back the same crew that I played with in Cork. I think they've expressed interest. Um, but beyond that, uh, I would really like to play more. It's just a matter of, of of doing it. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Sound Chateau, but first we're going to go back to some more tunes. We were talking about Kevin J. Power and his role in assembling uh, album number two, Ephemeral Heights. And coming up, we have his own project, uh, Circuits of Heaven with Super Black Sun. Yeah, I like this a lot. This is like uh, a dream pop tune. Sounds like a word of warning from the man himself. You also have O Emperor with Don't Mind Me. Yeah, so this is an old tune from O Emperor. I mean, relatively old. I think there, this album was 2009. And I love this tune. It just never leaves my head. It's, um, there's something about it that, like with some other pieces of music, like uh, Pure Imagination and uh, the original Mario theme, Don't Mind Me is just always in there. You know, it never goes away. We'll hear that momentarily, but first, this is Circuits of Heaven with Super Black Sun here on Red on Red.
swallow your silence and spit out your words. Let's talk about all you have learned. You sat in the catacomb with spectacled saints, and still you're not sure if you know. with Don't Mind Me here on Red on Red. And before we wrap up this week's episode, Austin Moore of Son Chateau, uh, the floor is yours. Tell us when and where we can find your new album, Ephemeral Heights, online and where we might expect to see you in the future. Well, the when is is always because it's now online and it's, uh, you know, can be accessed at any moment on several channels. I mean, uh, the usual suspects, you, you can download it on Bandcamp, if you want to buy it, or you can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music or any of the other streaming services, and it's on SoundCloud. Um, and I have a couple of tracks on YouTube, and it's all digital, though. I don't have any physical copies yet. I will maybe do a physical release down the road with vinyl, but I'm not sure yet. So just, uh, things have to happen. But, uh, but yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter, sans underscore. Excellent. And like me on Facebook, etc. 
Savage, you can find San Chateau at the given handles across social media. That's all for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and redextra.ie. Thank you very much to Austin Moore of San Chateau for joining us this episode. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Really appreciate it. Not a bother. Thanks a million for coming along. And thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to us on Spotify and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. Every share, every like, every subscribe, every rate, every mention of word of mouth helps us spread the word of DIY music in Cork City. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen into Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Austin, you have one last track left on your playlist. This is Torcon with Down the Lane. Yeah, I mean, if I'm asked to compile nine tracks, I want to pay some respect to Trad. Uh, this is lovely. This group is set. Uh, I know Jason Turk is the accordion player. Fantastic player and really good group. Lovely track. Down the lane. Savage. We'll get straight to it. So this is Turk on with Down the Lane. This has been Red on Red. And we'll talk to you next week.
Red.